courageous, successful, and happy isn't a goal. It's not a place to get to, it's a place to come from. I'm Tracy Oswald and I am the High Achievers Coach and each week we are going to get real and go deep on what's holding you back, how to face it head on so you can finally live your vision with clarity and confidence. Hey you guys, how are you? I am good. Um, I'm trying something new out today. I was challenged by my coach to um, do something a little different when it came to my podcasting. And you guys love, you know, know how much I love talking to you. Um, But she challenged me to also uh, record it on Zoom and to put it onto my YouTube channel. So I'm trying that today. I have two technologies running in the background. One is Zoom video and the other is Zencaster, which is what I record on every week, what I record the audio on. So it's going to be interesting. And I think what I'm going to do is the, the audio version, I do get like edited out. Um, not, not the, my natural ums and buts and ahs. Cause I think that's just, that's how I am. And I want you guys to hear that raw, but when I make like hard mistakes on people's names, or I just flub something, um, th- those little things get edited out. But what I'm going to challenge myself to do is not edited out in the video. So the video version on my YouTube channel is going to be all of my mistakes and bloopers and all of that stuff. So it'll be fun for you guys to watch that if you would like. So what are we talking about today? Um, World Mental Health Day just passed a couple of weeks ago in October. And um, you know, I think it's interesting. And I love that we have this now, right? Um, a day where we recognize world mental health. But when you think about the term mental health, it's almost, it, there's a stigma where it's almost immediately associated with mental illness, right? You, it's almost like you hear that in the background. You don't hear mental health first because we we haven't been conditioned as a society to view mental wellness and health as a priority. We first went in um, and addressed the mental illness, which is good. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but it's interesting how now, because we've been um, forced to, as a society, and I think it's a great thing, address mental health in general, starting with illness and anxiety and depression and all of the, I mean, the full spectrum of of mental health uh, diseases and, and issues. Now we're starting to say, hey, wait a minute, if we can talk about it um, as illness or something wrong, how can we talk about mental health and wellness, you know, as a holistic way to approach our lives. So I think it's a good thing, um, but I did want to point that out. So this has been on my mind and I've been thinking about it, about a concept a lot. And it's about this pressure that people put on themselves, especially high achievers to feel good, to, to, to feel good, right, for themselves, but also appear to be feeling good to other people which are two totally different things. And it's funny, I I get asked a lot, how come you're always in a good mood? And people see me, right? And they make a judgment about how they think I feel, which is normal. And we do this all the time. And making judgments is um, a big part of how we stay alive. But I'm usually smiling and laughing and, you know, interested in what people are up to and in general, um, appear to be feeling good and and honestly, for the most part, I do feel good a lot. 
And but it's in the way that people ask me that's really interesting. Sometimes sometimes it's that they're truly interested in how I got this way. They have this air of really wanting to know how I am happy all the time. But sometimes they want to know how how I appear to be happy all the time, as if like they think I'm some kind of straight up psychotic weirdo, right? <laughs> like this woman is crazy. She's always happy. But the truth is, firstly, I am not always happy. Like I have my days and sometimes I feel insecure, overwhelmed, angry, sad. I just went through a couple days where I physically wasn't feeling well. Um, and that kind of affected me mentally, but we all know that the mental part is first. A lot of the times when you're physically not feeling well, it absolutely is rooted in the thoughts your brain is giving you and how you're feeling. So, you know, it took a couple of days for me to catch it, um, but I did and I addressed it with myself and now I'm on the other side of it, thankfully. And it took some brain work in me getting real with myself. But truthfully, as a, as a corporate leader, as a coach, I spend most of my time helping people understand how they feel about things by asking them enough of the right kind of questions and going deeper and deeper and deeper just to elicit answers for themselves that so they understand how they're feeling and that they can access the kind of feelings that they need to create to get the desired outcome or to have the thing, the project or outcome they want to manifest. I know that's like a long-winded way of saying it, but I really do. I spend a lot of time asking questions to have people think about how they feel, both in my corporate job and with my coaching clients, so that they understand the feelings they're having. We go deep on the thoughts that are creating those feelings, and then what kind of thoughts they're going to need to think in order to feel the way they need to feel to make the thing they want to make happen. Because that's, guys, that's how it works, right? We've talked about this a bunch on this show. Um, and I spent a good part of the last 10 years practicing a extreme awareness around my own feelings and learning how to activate feelings inside myself, firstly, because it just straight up feels good to feel good, right? It's kind of this selfish, and I think selfish is a good thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think having the courage to put yourself first and feeling good first enables you to serve at a much higher level, right? And also it just feels good. It feels good. The world is bigger and juicier. Colors are richer. People are more interesting when I feel good. And I, I hope this is true for you. It probably is, right? When you're in a good mood, you can access this part of you that makes everything feel alive in a different way. And second, because when I feel good, more things to feel good about come into my life. You know how you get on this roll where it's like you have this really good feeling and then something else really cool happens and you're celebrating that and something else really cool happens and it's like, you're like, oh my God, the great things keep happening. This is awesome. And conversely, like when you get out of bed and like bang your elbow on the table and I don't know why I said that too. I don't normally get out of bed and bang my elbow, but that's what came to mind and bang your elbow or you have a bad thought and all of a sudden you're attracting more bad thoughts and you get stressed about your commute and you're mad about the project you have to work on and so on and so on. These things snowball from that first initial thought. So feeling good absolutely attracts more things to feel good about. And look, guys, I had to teach myself how to do this. And the first step was really being aware 
of the feelings I was feeling at any moment. And that was not always fun. And it still is not always fun. Like I said, these last couple of days, I was not feeling great mentally, which caused me not to feel great physically. And I had to really get real with myself and address what are the thoughts that I'm thinking that are making me feel this way? And it's not always, number one, fun to do that, right? Because you have to maybe face things that you're thinking that are not fun to face or make you feel uncomfortable or make you feel nervous or all of those things. But it's in the discipline of really stopping and thinking about them that you're able to access what those feelings are, right? Which gives you the agency, and we've talked about this on the show, it gives you broader agency in your life to do something about it if you want to. Look, if you're feeling shitty and you want to keep feeling shitty, like that's great for you. Like, not I don't mean that in a mean way, but you know what I mean? Like, if you want to keep feeling mad, and that's your intention, like that could be powerful. That could be a good thing. And we're going to talk about that in a minute because in my in all of my study, like I said in the last 10 years or so, I learned about a lot of different concepts. And the concept I want to talk about today that's, you know, related to mental health is the emotional or the feelings scale or ladder. And there are a lot of different versions of this, but the version that I'm going to talk through in just a minute, I'll I'll make sure to link that in the show notes so you guys can get a visual on what I'm talking about. Um, And we'll dive into uh, the feelings ladder that that I'll link to. And we'll start at the bottom. And when I say bottom, I want to to ground us in, there is no feeling on this list that I'm going to go through that is Categorically better or worse than any other feeling. So I, I want I don't want to stigmatize bad feelings because they can be really useful for telling us where we are and what our thoughts are. And also they can be useful for getting things done. So, but a ladder has a top and a bottom. So that's why I say it. at the bottom of the ladder, number 20 is the feeling of or the feelings of fear or fear, grief, despair, and powerlessness. So those can be very different feelings, but those are all on the same level, right? It's the, it's sort of, and I, and I said I wasn't going to make it bad or worse, but it's when you feel real, it's the worst you can feel without it being a bad feeling to feel, if that makes sense. It's the absolute bottom, you feel this despair, this sense of hopelessness or powerlessness where you feel like you, there's nothing you can do to make anything better, right? It's where you feel super alone. You feel like um, there's there's no way out and there's sometimes there's no point in getting out. So I just want to just ground us and that's the, the bottom of the ladder. So that's number 20. Number 19 is insecurity, guilt, or unworthiness. And this is this comes up, insecurity, guilt, and unworthiness, all of these three. A lot of us dip into this level as high achievers because so many of us have deep insecurity, which turns out to be a driver for high achievers to produce, to overcome, to outwork and outhustle um, those feelings of unworthiness. And so we want to do and be and achieve big things so we don't feel that insecurity and guilt. And I'll also say, um, you don't necessarily have to go through all the emotions to get to to one that you want to get to, you can do a hard jump. It's it can be difficult, but you can absolutely go from feeling really good to all of a sudden feeling, you know, this huge insecurity, right? 
it, you don't have to go through this um, the scale. So that's number 19, insecurity, guilt, and unworthiness. Number 18 on the emotional scale is jealousy. And this used to come up for me a lot. It's interesting, especially when I saw other women who I thought were like me doing things that I wanted to do that I didn't think I could do, or I didn't think I had the power or agency or ability or permission or insert, you know, insert word here. Um, and it still can creep in if I'm not mindful. You know, you, you know when you get that pang of like, damn, why can't like, why isn't that me? Why can't I do that? Why can't I figure it out like he or she can? You know what I'm talking about. Um, so 18 is jealousy. Then 17 is this um, hatred and rage where, and there, you know, it's, there are a lot of quotes and I was doing some research for, for this episode. Um, and I looked at a lot of quotes about hatred toward others. And my favorite one I think is it's true. It's, it's only ourselves we end up hurting when we harbor hatred towards others. Like we think, Oh man, I hate that person. I can't stand it. Like that feeling you feel that person's not feeling it, right? you're feeling it. So it's like you're punishing yourself because of what you believe to be true about someone else, which has nothing to do with you. Um, but it's not helpful advice at all when you're feeling that red blind rage, right? You, you can't even hear that advice when you're in that space. Um, and I will say sometimes hatred and that hatred and rage can be a useful emotion, right? It's because it's better than feeling despair, right? It's a couple steps up from despair and where you think you can't make any difference. So here you're still not feeling good, but at least you, f you, you have a sense of maybe something can, maybe, you know, I can do something about this, which leads into number 16, one step up the ladder. Um, this, this is the, the level of anger and revenge. So it's a more organized flavor of mad, right? You're, it's a level up from, from rage. You're angry and you've got enough of your faculties at hand to organize your mind to maybe be able to plot revenge against the person, place, or thing who did you wrong. Um, not that I think revenge is super helpful, but it can be, and it can be a better, a better level of emotion and feeling than hatred and rage or despair. You see where I'm going with this? You feel more empowered. You feel more like you have a sense of um, ability to do something about how you feel. So we move up the ladder. Um, number 15, we move up from anger and revenge to discouragement, right? The interesting thing about discouragement, I think, is that there's a little, a pang of possibility inside it, right? It's like you still don't feel like maybe you can do much about it, but Inside the word discouragement is encouragement, right? So you know encouragement could be possible, but you don't feel it. But you're recognizing that it is a possibility on the plane that you're thinking, right? We just can't figure out how to get there, but it is possible. Then we have um, level 14, which is blame. And blame can feel good sometimes, right? It's not my fault. I'm in this place because of that person. I'm in, I can't I can't finish this project because Ron won't do his part. Damn Ron, right? And it feels can feel really good to blame. Um, I'm not saying it, it is good. I'm not saying it's bad. It could be better than feeling 
discouragement or straight up blind rage, right? But it's like you're, it's like you're moving up the ladder of thinking you have um, control in what's happening or or what you can do. Um, you're taking back, I don't know, some kind of level of power back in your life, right? So blame could be useful. Um, not always good, but useful. Worry, number 13. And this is an all-time favorite for us to be at. And so many people, when you know, when I talk to them, people I know, my friends, coworkers, um, the women I coach, I hear like, I'm just worried about this. I'm really, you know, it makes me worried to think about this, to think about my future. I'm really worried about where my job's gonna go. I'm worried about so many things. And we, it's interesting. We believe it's a virtuous uh, feeling to have, right? If you're worried, it means you care. If you're worried about other people, right, it means you, maybe it means you're selfless. Maybe it means you're better than others who don't worry. So I think we're, the, the thought about worry gets bandied about a lot because we attach it to what we think we should feel because we hear other people say it. And, and it has this connotation of, if you worry about things, it means you're maybe more enlightened or maybe more generous or maybe better than other people who don't worry. But worry is this state of you're, you have bad feelings, right, about things that are happening to you and in the world, but it's sort of this, and you know, and you know good outcomes are possible, therefore that's why you are worried, right? But you're not in any kind of action stance to do anything about it, right? So it's maybe less, you're, you're employing less agency, um, but, but maybe you're thinking you're employing more compassion. And you might be, that might be true. But worry is this, but has become this bigger, this bigger emotion and feeling where it, we think if we're worried, maybe we're better than other people. So just something to keep, that might, might or might not be true for you. Sometimes I think it's true for me and a lot of people I talk to. So think about that for a bit. We move up to number 12, which is doubt. And again, this is also an interesting level. It's kind of like, it's kind of like the possibility that we feel inside discouragement, but with a little more belief, right? Like, man, I think I could, maybe I could do that, but mm, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure I could pull it off. I think it could be great if I did that, but I don't know if I have the ability, right? It's like this this bigger promise and you feel it a little more. You feel the, it's like you're leaning into that potential a little more, but you still have that, you still have that voice in your head saying, mm, I'm not so sure. I don't know. Can you do it? Eee, I don't know. Um, so it's this, you know, this, a couple steps up from that discouragement with more belief. And then we go to disappointment, a little more powerful than doubt in the sense that your belief is stronger. So doubt is like, maybe I could do it, but maybe not. And so there's not, there's not that threshold of belief that disappointment feels because disappointment, you're like, I know I could do that. And man, I'm just disappointed. I can't do it. Like I can't get there. Why can't I get there? Right? It's like the belief is stronger and bigger and more powerful. And the disappointment comes from you not either being able to manifest it for yourself or for the situation at hand. Number 10, we're getting into sort of the middle of the 
the middle of the uh, emotional scale or ladder, however you want to think about it. Number 10 is overwhelm, right? So many of us, I think I was feeling overwhelmed. I was making myself feel overwhelmed the last couple of days. And that's why I think I was physically feeling not good. And we feel this actively maybe a couple times a day, right? You can't seem to get control of whether it's your day or your life. This Everything's happening, everything you have to do. And you start to snowball the way you're thinking about it, so on and so on. And, and even though even though it feels bad to be overwhelmed, like it feels like things are swirling around in your world or in your brain and you just can't grasp them and put them in a way that makes sense or in a way that you feel like you can control them. Like you want to just grab hold of them and make them stop spinning. At least that's how it is for me. Like I picture things spinning in my brain and I like I know they're all important and I want, or I believe they're all important. They're not all important, but I, I just want to grab them and control them, right? So I don't feel this feeling. And Although it feels crappy, it's it's one of the more neutral emotions because it's right, it's number 10 in the middle of the scale, much better than, you know, disappointment or rage or, you know, despair, guilt, overwhelm. I mean, despair, guilt, or um, powerlessness. Overwhelm is this, there are so many things that are possible all swirling around, right? Maybe you have a lot less doubt. You have a lot less discouragement. You've moved up. But now you just can't make sense of them and you want to control them. At least how that that's how it feels for me. And, and it can feel super scary sometimes. It can be a very, very powerful feeling. So I want to acknowledge that too. Then number nine, we go to um, the level of frustration and irritation and impatience. Right? Oh, I'm so freaking frustrated. Or that person makes me so irritated. Or why can't I do this now? I'm so impatient. This is this is a classic hallmark of the high achiever. This is one of the high achiever's favorite levels. It's a much more action-oriented feeling. You want things to go faster. You're feeling like you want to take action and fix things. And and I want to stop here and say that when you feel like you want things to move a lot faster than they are, a lot of times, not every time, but a lot of times it's because you don't trust yourself enough to follow through in good order that where it might take longer and and come true. So high achievers want to get things done and get things done now and get it off their plate because a lot of times they know that it's going to take a lot of effort, they believe, and they don't trust themselves that they will get it done over time because they, they are used to, high achievers, we are all used to getting things done fast and it feeling kind of easier than it might feel for other people. So this is, if you if you feel as a high achiever, frustration, irritation, especially impatience, impatience should be your big red flag. When you want things to go fast, man, you better slow down and look at what your brain is giving you. Look at the thoughts that are creating that feeling of impatience because there is a lot in there, okay? We'll move up to number eight, and that is pessimism. And what's interesting it's interesting that, first of all, that pessimism is on the top half of the emotional scale, right? You Just by the, it's how we think about it and what it is, pessimistic, not having an optimistic view, you would think it would be much lower. But again, it's only because we are, our inner selves, our true knowing sees the possibility of feeling optimistic. It's the, 
literally the flip side of being optimistic is pessimistic. So you can't be pessimistic about something without knowing what feeling optimistic about it would feel like. And you're just in this space of lack, right? And you so want to get to the other side. I'm like doing this thing. Like it's, I feel like it's a coin and like pessimism and optimism. You know what's on the other side. You want to get there, but you're feeling pessimistic. And it's only because the reason it's, you know, on the top half of the emotional scale is because you would only feel that it's possible you feel pessimism around it and you know what the possibility of feeling optimistic about it. Does that make sense to you guys? Right? You get it? Yeah. You know what that feeling could feel like, but you're feeling the opposite of that. Then seven, um, this comes up, you know, it's interesting, um, boredom. Seven is boredom. And uh, and so many, we, I think we've been conditioned to believe that boredom is a bad feeling, that it's so bad to be bored, right? The feeling of not having anything to do or not knowing what you want to do. Um, but this, in my opinion, is a very neutral emotion and it's a very important place to allow yourself to, to be. Because as high achievers, because of the beliefs that we have around, we always have to be producing and be productive. Um, that's just a belief. It's not true. Um, when we feel bored, it's like our brain wants to scramble to find us something to do. And I, you know, that actually last week's episode around uh, to-do lists and inspired action, you know, we talked about giving yourself that white space of not doing anything so that an inspirational idea can come. Um, it's attached directly to that boredom, just sitting sometimes without anything to do and allowing yourself to feel that uneasiness around it. And knowing that it's just a feeling, right? It's not, it might feel really bad and you might get really anxious around it, but we know that it's not going to you know, harm you unless you have you know, an anxious disorder where you need medication and I'm not a doctor and you should absolutely see a doctor about that. But classically, boredom can't, you know, can have these anxious feelings come up like we have to run and find a project. But training your mind, this is a really good place for you to start to train your mind to sit with whatever feelings are coming up around the thoughts your brain is giving you around your boredom really interesting things can happen and inspired action can absolutely come when you allow yourself to just sit. And that's, and that's, I think also why meditation gets such a bad rap, especially around high achievers who are super type A personalities. They, they try to sit and meditate, you know, like three times. And after the third time, they're like, oh, well, this is just not for me. It's because their brain just keeps giving them thoughts. And I mean, the whole, the whole purpose of meditation is to allow your, to train your brain like a, like a, I'm going to say like a dog, like a dog just wants to go do the thing. You have to train your brain like a dog, like, nope, nope, we're going to come back to emptying the mind. Nope. We're going to come back to emptying the mind. And even people who have been meditating a year, two years, five years, 10 years, there are still a lot of times in meditation where you find yourself all, you know, 10 minutes in all of a sudden thinking about, you know, next year's vacation or that project you have to do. And it's, it's about having creating and evolving the discipline to come back and think about nothing. So it's, I think it comes, the boredom um, can get mixed in with that sort of, how do I train my brain? How do I meditate? How do I give myself white space to be able to 
get inspired around things. So super, super valuable emotion to lean into as a high achiever. Number six, contentment. Being just straight up good with your current situation, whatever that is. And although this is, this can feel really good, right? When you're content, you're like, I'm good. Like, I'm so good. Like, I'm not overjoyed. I'm not like bouncing off the walls. I'm good. But it has a very negative connotation, you guys, and you know what I'm talking about. Because of how our brains and society, you know, fans the flames of the hustle and grind culture, which we talked about on the show, which tells us never to settle, never be okay with what we have, always, always want more, more, better, faster, now, 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 now. You got to think bigger. You got to want more. But contentment, you guys, can be a really nice place to hang out in for a while. The contentment is just straight up fine. You don't always have to be breaking out of your comfort zone. You don't always have to be pushing boundaries. And this is something that I I work on a lot because I I do like to live like high risk, high reward. I like the edge, right? I like stepping over boundaries and breaking rules when it comes to what's possible for me in my life and creation. So when I have a time where I think, oh, all right, you know, just chilling, having a cup of coffee right now, I'm fine. And and again, it's it's a step up from boredom or up the emotional scale from boredom, not not better. Um, where it's a good feeling, but allowing yourself to stay in there for a while is okay. That's all I'm saying. As high achievers, it's totally okay to just feel pretty good about where you are and not having to always make it bigger, right? And make it better and and create projects just because contentment, we've been taught this untrue, untrue um, societal expectation that you always have to want more because you don't. You don't ever have to want more. And that's the beauty of agency. All right. Next up, number five is hopefulness. Now, you know what you want. And like, I, I hope it can happen. Like I see I'm looking out I'm looking out at this wall with stuff on it like that's right behind me and if you're listening to the podcast you can't see I'm in a room with all sorts of soundproofing um but I'm like in my mind I'm like yeah like it's over there like I can see where I want to go I'm like hopeful I can get there like I feel good right like I feel like this could maybe happen for me and again really really good feeling step up from that up the emotional scale is positive expectations and belief and optimism. So there's a difference. Positive expectations and hopefulness. And I'm going to give you this example. And I don't know, like, and I hope I don't jinx myself right now, but when I walk out into the street and I see cars coming at a reasonable, like I'm not like super um, reckless, but I see cars coming, I expect, I straight up expect with every fiber of my being, they're going to stop for me. Like, and I'm talking like when you come out of the grocery store, not like on a major highway, right? When I come out of the grocery store and I see a car coming, I keep going because my expectation, I absolutely believe these people are going to stop. And that's for positive, positive expectations, belief, and optimism. If I was hopeful, it would be like, oh, gee, like this car's coming. I hope I'm going to stop. And I just got the chills saying that because that's the, that's a key difference. And we should probably dig, dig into this on another episode. Big difference between hoping something will happen and straight up believing it will. 
and you know what I'm talking about. When you straight up believe something, Will, there's so much more of a chance of that thing happening than if you're like, man, I really hope that happens. That would be so great, right? Still both good feelings, but positive expectations and belief, man, you're like, this is freaking happening, right? And hopefulness, oh, I hope it can happen. Very, very different. And you accessing positive expectations and belief instead of hopefulness around something that you want to happen can be really, really useful and powerful. And level three, so we're at a um, level of enthusiasm, eagerness, and happiness. This is a really fun place to be, right? You're excited about where you are. You're feeling good. Um, you're feeling good about the people. You're feeling good about yourself. And it's where it's what we want as people all the time. Because when you know when you ask people, like, what do you want? I just want to be happy. Right? I want that feeling of happiness. We all know. And although it's different for everyone, what happiness truly feels like for us, that's all we want. We want to feel good. We want to feel happy. Every single thing we want to do, that we want to have, or that we want to be, is because we feel we think we will feel better in the having of it. We think buying that thing will make us feel happy. We think getting that new job or promotion will make us feel happy. We think making a ton of money, you know, in our in our business will make us feel happy. This happiness is why we do everything we do. It's not because there are ancillary reasons, right? Like you want to serve powerfully. And that's one of my big whys. I want to serve powerfully because when I'm in service and serving powerfully at super high levels, I feel happy. I feel really really enthusiastic, right? And happy. So it's a place where we all want to get to. So it's it's important for you to recognize what's going on for you when you're there. When the next time you're feeling really happy, really think about where am I? What am I doing? What what does happiness feel like? And then go to what thoughts are my brain giving is my brain giving me to produce these happy feelings? Because it's you know thoughts and feelings are super connected. We only get feelings because of a thought our brain gives us. Number two on the emotional scale, passion. You're on fire with ideas. You're committed to your thing and amazing things are happening. One cool thing after another seems to just plop right down in front of you, right? You're, you are absolutely on fire with what you are doing. And like we, like we couldn't live in that space the whole, all the time because it would be physically exhausting because you, when you are passionate about something, man, you're on fire. When I am up in front of a group of people speaking, I am passionate. There's no way I could sustain that all day because literally after I give uh, either a keynote or a talk or a training or whatever I'm doing that day, I'm exhausted because I, I leave it all out on the field, man. I give it the energy that I get from the audience. I give right back to them tenfold. And it's, it's my, my favorite place to be is speaking live in front of an audience. That's my passion. Again, can't, can't sustain it, but an awesome place to be. And then the absolute pinnacle, right? The top, top, top is joy, appreciation, freedom, and love. And I want to, I want to center on the word freedom because this, this high level, and for any of, any of my, my IPEC coaching school, um, uh, you know, cohorts, you know, that top is like this really detached place, like that, you know, of the seven kind of um, uh, feelings. It's like this, it, it can be this really interesting space where 
you almost feel disconnected from what's happening. You feel like you can exist inside of yourself and you don't need any outside input or any outside thing to make you feel good. You are, you are that feeling. You are that feeling of joy. You are that feeling of love. And that gives us intense and immense freedom. And the the fourth, so it's joy, appreciation, freedom, and love. I'm just reading it on my scale here. I want to point out appreciation because the next podcast episode that I'm going to record, I'm going to record it this weekend and you guys won't hear it for another week, but it's all about the difference between gratitude and appreciation. And there's a, there's a very, there's a very big reason that it's not the word gratitude at the top, that it's the word appreciation because gratitude and appreciation, while they share similar qualities are very, very different. And we are going to go deep next week on what those differences are and the power of appreciation and really how to harness that. So stay tuned for that little, little wet your appetite. Um, it fe- and it, the trivial things at this point, when you are in this kind of detached state of joy and freedom, it can feel good to you. But also there's a, I don't want to say a dark side, but there's a caveat that when you're in this space, like when I am in this space a lot, I, people think I'm like, hard to reach. Like I can be very, like, they think I'm very aloof. And believe me, I'm not here all the time because I would, I don't know, maybe be a monk sitting on top of a hill, but I can access this space. And sometimes it comes off as uncaring. And I know that sounds um, counterintuitive, but I'm so not attached to outside feelings or what other people think matter that it can feel to other people like, well, she doesn't really care or she's like, she's being really weird. So just so you know, um, it's an interesting uh, kind of dichotomy in this, in this space, but really a fun thing to learn about and look at. So that is emotional scale. And like I said, it's, it's linked in the show notes. Um, and I want to say it's, it's really important that you're aware of all of the feelings and emotions that you're having and where they fall on the emotional ladder. You don't I mean like you don't have to care, but as a high achiever, it can be that next thing that helps you break through to create at a much higher level and to start to really affect change in yourself. And it's also really important to know and believe that all of these feelings are valid and wherever you are on the scale at any given time is perfectly real for you and you're absolutely justified in feeling whatever feeling you're feeling. And I, I want, want to really underline that. No feeling is better or worse, right? Because it really is no good and bad. And that's when you're, feel, when you're at that state of joy and appreciation, that's, you can access that. It really is no good and bad in the world and in life. Everything is neutral. It's the, it's the feelings and things and stories we associate to them. But whatever feeling you're having, there is no wrong or bad feeling. And what the interesting thing is, we, we tend to pass judgment, harsh judgment, on ourselves and other people when they're feeling what we consider bad feelings. And maybe that's when, when, you're, when I'm feeling uh, overwhelmed, I can, I can pass judgment on myself like, Tracy, why can't you get it together? Why are you feeling so overwhelmed? Like someone else in your position won't, wouldn't feel this overwhelmed about these stupid things. You see where I'm going? And then when we see other people, maybe 
we see them as experiencing feelings that we think they're feeling. They might not be feeling these feelings, right? So that's a, that's another important thing to to recognize. We think, oh, they're just um, they're feeling really um, pessimistic about this, and then we judge them for feeling pessimistic. See where I'm going? It's it's not helpful to you or your relationship with that person or your relationship with yourself because, guys, we know, and we're going to talk about this in a future episode. Judgment of other people is really we are just judging ourselves on so many levels. And we will dig into that deep, I promise. So again, it's not wrong or bad to feel any of these feelings. It's absolutely normal and necessary to feel any feeling that you have. Um, if, Like I said, if you want to keep feeling you know, anger and hatred and that's good for you, like that's your choice. Like go for it. If that helps you and you want to feel that, you have absolute agency to do that. You don't need anyone's permission, let alone mine. But it's powerful to identify what you feel because first, you know, knowledge is power, right? And second, when you know when you when you know what you don't want, you know what you do want. And so many people that I work with, like I said, want to feel happier or at least get better or at least feel better than how they're feeling. And when I talk about the emotional ladder, when we go over the emotional ladder um, with clients or prospective clients or with groups that I'm speaking to, the first thing they want to know is how do I how do I jump from like despair to joy, um, like or you know frustration to total happiness or jealousy to contentment, right? How do I make that quick jump? As if like I had a magic recipe or like a magic spell to make that happen. And you didn't really think I had that, guys, right? Because <laughs> I don't. Um, here's what I'll say. Like I said, we're going to talk about this a lot more in future episodes because the truth. Like the supreme truth around this is that, like I said, everything we want to get, buy, create, or do is because we believe it will make us feel better in the having or doing of it. And when we think about making a jump up the emotional scale, really, really, really um, far up the emotional scale, um, we we want to always fix things quickly. But sometimes the easiest way to make that big jump is to make small jumps. And what I mean by this is I was at a, um, I was speaking to a group of podcasters, uh, the Dallas Business Podcast Forum. I've probably talked about it on the show, Um, but something really cool happened. I was teaching them about the thought model and thoughts creating feelings, feelings creating us to take action and action getting results. So really our thoughts create our results. And um, if you want to learn more about this, you can go to my website. I have a really cool um, video course right on my homepage. You can sign up for it. It's free. You get four videos um, delivered to your inbox in four days with really cool brain worksheets um, that will that will really um, allow you to understand the science, like the neuroscience behind brain your brain, um, how to change your thoughts, and how thoughts create all the results that you ever have created and ever will create in your life. So if you want to do that, like I said, go to my website. You can sign up for it. It's free. But I was teaching this concept at the, the podcast forum. And a woman, there were two women in the front row. And I, don't, I would use their names, but I don't have their permission. And I don't want to call people out because you know, it was a contained environment. Um, but the one woman was saying, you know, I, I want to, my, my session was around fear, fear of really showing up in your podcast or creating a podcast. And she says, you know, I, I want to really do my podcast, but I feel so overwhelmed. 
right? I have my kids, my business, all the things I have to do, all my other, you know, priorities in life. And I feel so overwhelmed. Like, how am I going to do this? And, you know, I could, I could see and sense the feeling of overwhelm that she had. It was like her eyes were really wide and her forehead was, her shoulders were scrunched up behind her ears. Like you could see the, feel the physical presence of what overwhelm looked and how she experienced overwhelm. And so I asked her, what's the thought that is making you feel that feeling of overwhelm? And she said something like, and I have to paraphrase because I didn't write it down. I didn't record it, but something around, I feel like I can't figure out all the technology and all the things that are going to be involved in setting up and recording my first podcast. That's a very clear thought, right? I feel like I can't figure out the technology around recording my first podcast. So I asked her, so we just kind of sat with that for a minute. And I asked her, so what's a thought that you could give yourself that's that might that might be just a little bit better than that thought that might make you feel just a tiny little bit better and she was in a state of she couldn't she couldn't even access that right she was and she was I kind of put her on the spot in front of a, a bunch of people but this really amazing thing happened the woman sitting right next to her said you know what a thought could be is maybe i could figure this out and the woman who had the initial thought where she said, I can't figure it out, immediately said, you know what? I am figuring this out. I'm here figuring this out. Her whole demeanor changed. I said, how do you feel right now? Should I feel hopeful? I feel hopeful that I can figure it out because I'm here. I'm, I am figuring it out. So this hope that I can figure the rest of it out. And I, again, I have chills saying this because it was such a, it was such a big thing that happened in the room. And she went from overwhelm hopefulness. So she jumped a couple, you know, and I don't know, I don't know how many, I didn't count them. She didn't, you know, just that one better, slightly better feeling thought made her jump on the emotional scale a couple rungs. So it's about asking yourself the same questions, right? About, you know, take any kind of feeling that you have about something and ask yourself, what's that better feeling thought that I can have around this and notice where you jump on the emotional scale. So I want you to, um, you know, we, we always do some brain work, right? And the, the power of awareness and understanding exactly where, you're, where you are in your thoughts and exactly what thoughts are creating the feelings and where those feelings are on the emotional scale. Look, guys, it's work. You got this is the work as high achievers. We know the work is not the physical, make the task list. Let me go do the project. Let me go do. I we know you can do that, right? Like I get it. We all get it. You can do the physical stuff. This is the work that will take you to that next level. Accessing a thought that will make you feel better about where you are and where you're going is going to change the game for you entirely. So, and it's going to change how not just how you experience that thing, like the project or the thing or the meeting that you're having that thought model around, it's going to change the experience of your life because how we think about one thing is how we think about a lot of things, right? So it's going to open possibilities up that that are totally closed to you and you can't access right now. So your brain work for, for this week is to be in tune with your feelings and where you are in the emotional scale. So number one, I want you to notice your feeling and identify it. So you're having a situation, you have a feeling, stop yourself, 
Notice the feeling. If you want to go to the emotional scale, like I said, it's linked in the show notes, print it out or save it as a tab in your browser, whatever. Um, But notice the feeling and identify it on, on the emotional scale. Number two, ask yourself, what am I thinking that's causing this feeling? What is the thought? Number three, write that thought down in one sentence. What's the thought? I am thinking blah, 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 blah. Then number four, ask yourself, what's a slightly better thought that I can think about this? Not like, don't go from, there's no way I can make this happen to, I am a rock star at making this happen. That's not a slightly better thought. There's no way I can make this happen. A slightly better thought might be, maybe in the future someday, I can make this happen. Maybe just not now. That's a slightly better thinking thought, right? And then think that thought. What does that thought feel when you think it? You know, maybe I, maybe someday I could make this happen. Then see what happens. Then see what, what you're feeling and notice, did you jump up one rung on the emotional ladder just because of that slight twinge or did you jump up three? Now feel that feeling and then see what happens. Because things will change in ways that you cannot predict or imagine, you guys. And again, this is the work of high achievers. It's all about your thoughts. It's not about more work. It's not about harder work. It's not about the hustle and grind, staying up late and completing your task lists. It's not even about this concept of mastering your mind, right? It's being in control of what you're thinking. And that's why I call it leading your brain, right? It's brain work. Because when you are, you are going to have access to completely different energy. You'll be able to activate your agency in new and exciting ways. And your results, not just around this thing will change, but your results in your life will start to change. And that's my promise to you. All right, you guys, go think about your thoughts. That's your homework. I love you guys. Thanks for being on this journey with me. You inspire me every day. And I will talk to you next week. Thanks for listening to another episode of Courageous, Successful, and Happy. It's not a place to get to. It is a place to come from. Listen, if you love what you're hearing, head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. It is so appreciated. And I will talk to you guys next week. 